Hi, and welcome to The Badass Moms, where we moms learn to achieve fitness and health goals despite being sleep-deprived and overworked. Here's your host, Nicole, the super busy mommy coach. Hello, and welcome to Badass Moms, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, super busy mommy coach. This is part two of a two-part series on how to eat for your body. We're talking about how to eat for your individual body, and we're not necessarily giving you a meal plan, but giving I'm giving you a framework on how to ingest all of the information that we see all the time from the media, commercials, some of it with the best of intentions, some of it to pull pocket money out of your pockets. But this is a framework on how to ingest that information so that you don't fall for scams and you can figure out the best way of eating for your body, even as new research and new information comes out. In the last episode, we spoke about the number one priority, which is to eat the right amounts of healthy foods. We talked about that there are no shortcuts, as in just because you eat at certain times, it doesn't mean that you will be able to magically eat as much as you want and lose weight. Um, You know, not eating before bed, making sure you have breakfast, um, drinking extra water, uh, combining things a certain way, that's just not going to do it. You have to eat the right amounts of healthy foods. And it's only in very specific circumstances that you can eat more and lose weight. So today we're going to talk about the other priorities, okay? So top priority, in case I haven't drilled it into your head by now, is to eat the right amount of healthy foods. And if you didn't listen to part one, pause this, go back to part one, and then come back to me when you're done. Eat the right amount of healthy foods. Second is to eat at the right times. Third is to drink plenty of water. Again, this is assuming you're having adequate water for hydration, which for most people isn't as much of an issue. So number three, drink plenty of water. And number four, eat the right combination of foods at each meal. Now, these last three mostly work because they make number one easier, (laughs) okay? I want to emphasize that. So these last three, when you read those tips that tell you how often to eat or when to eat or to be extra hydrated or to eat certain elements at each meal, most of the reason you're going to get results is because when you follow those tips, you're more likely to eat the right amounts and to eat healthy foods your cravings go down, it's easier to stick to a diet, you don't need as much willpower because you don't feel as hungry, you naturally want to eat less, Um, or if you're trying to gain weight, you eat in a certain way, you'll naturally want to eat more. Uh, that's, That's most of the reason why they're effective, okay? All those other little hormonal changes are teeny tiny teeny tiny bits of success, usually they won't even be noticeable, okay? So the ones who claim you're going to have this amazing hormonal reaction just from eating for your blood type or eating at the right times or any of that, no, they're exaggerating. I'm sorry. There's no miracle here. Um, But these are really helpful because eating the right amount of healthy foods isn't that 
easy. It takes a lot of willpower and a lot of knowledge. And let's face it, we all have our bad times when we just fall off the wagon or, you know, when our willpower and discipline isn't where we want it to be, though you should go back to my episode on how to increase those. Um, That was episode three, I believe. Um, But yeah, so following these tips is definitely important. Um, But again, they can't work in isolation. So let's get into it. So priority number two, eat at the right times. So there's some advice out there. How early do you need to start eating? And when should you stop eating? And is breakfast actually the most important meal of the day? And then finally, how many meals a day should you eat and how often? Let's break that down. So first of all, there is no need to eat when you're not hungry in most cases. If you wake up, if you force yourself to wake up, wake up well before your body's natural wake up time, your body might not be ready for breakfast for several hours and you don't have to force yourself to eat it. (laughs) In fact, forcing yourself to eat breakfast and to start that process can actually lengthen the amount of time in the day when you're having meals and some people overeat. Now, for other people, there is a benefit to having breakfast as soon as they wake up. Um, Having a good source of protein in the morning helps to control your appetite throughout the day. And for some people, skipping breakfast means that they overeat later in the day. And so there can be some individual variety in this factor. So the only way to know is to test it. If you have a hearty breakfast, does that help you to control your appetite throughout the day? Or do you just end up eating an extra meal that maybe you don't need? It depends on you. Give it a shot and see how you feel. And how early should you stop eating? Oh, they say you can't eat right before bed. And don't get me wrong, it's helpful to give your digestive system a break before you go to bed. For a lot of people, Um, I found when I was younger, I slept really well after a nice hearty meal. And after having my son, I get acid reflux. And so I, I actually gave up dinner because by the time I get home, it just doesn't make sense for me to eat because it's too soon before bed and I'll have acid reflux and I'll feel sick. Um, So I eat a really late lunch at like two or three o'clock and that's it. Um, but that's not everybody. Okay. So yes, if you make it a habit, here's the thing in the evenings, people, you know, they've had a long day at work and the evening is kind of, um, for a lot of people when they get their me time, they get to relax, they get to watch some TV and a lot of mindless nibbling happens. And so if you don't eat for several hours before bed, you cut a lot of that out because a lot of that eating isn't because of actual hunger or because your body needs the food. It's because of you you want something to do or you're bored or it's a source of comfort. And so you don't really need that. Um, So in that case, in that case, yes, not eating before bed can help you because it will help you eat the right amount of healthy foods. can also help you to avoid reflux or an upset stomach. However, for some people, having some starch with dinner, whether it's 
close to bedtime or just even a few hours before bedtime, that little bit of starch helps them to sleep more soundly and to sleep longer throughout the night. And so if that's you, then maybe you want to have either a dinner that is not too early, maybe three hours before bed, two hours before bed, or maybe you want to have a small snack if it'll help you to sleep better. That's okay. But again, experiment. And if you are eating late in the day, make sure you're not overeating if you put your all of your meals for the day together. Now, how many meals a day do you need to eat and how often? For a long time, it was you need to be eating six meals a day, six meals a day every two to three hours or your body's going to go into starvation mode and it'll kill your metabolism and you won't be able to burn calories. And so what you have to do is eat more often and then you can actually eat more food and lose weight. Yeah, that research was pretty preliminary and it turned out not to really be true. (laughs) Results are mixed. And if you look at them overall, what you see is that it really doesn't work. Um, There was a specific circumstance, um, which I went over in the last episode, where eating more frequently and more calories overall can possibly help you to lose weight. And that's really if you're doing specific types of training that tell your body to build muscle and then giving it the right nutrients in those meals so that it does that, um, which it burns a lot of calories while it's building muscle. And then those that muscle burns more calories at rest. So yeah, there are very specific circumstances where you can eat more often and eat a little bit more little bit more in order to lose weight, but that is not the case for the vast majority of people. So here's the thing. It depends on you. Once again, five to six mini meals a day really helps people who like grazing, right? So if you're the type who likes to nibble and you don't like to get that over full feeling, then you may feel more satisfied having small meals more often because you never have to go a very long time without food. It also gives your body a steady stream of nutrients, which which can be beneficial for those who have a really fast metabolism or for anyone who's doing those workouts that put you in an anabolic state. I know when I'm doing workouts of a certain intensity, I naturally want to eat a little bit more and eat more often and I, will, I won't gain weight from that because I know that it matches the training I'm doing and it fits. And so you may see that with yourself. Um, it's also really great for blood sugar regulation. So if you're at risk for diabetes or you have diabetes, it may help to eat smaller, more frequent meals, um, making sure you have, you know, those meals have the right foods in them um, so that you're not releasing too much glucose into your bloodstream at any one time. However, some people, if they're eating smaller, more frequent meals, with those smaller meals, they just never actually feel satisfied. Um, They never get that, you know, slightly full, satisfied feeling where they're told to stop, where their brain says to stop eating. And so they end up accidentally overeating or they end up feeling constantly hungry or deprived. And in that case, this is not the way of eating for you. So then there was this whole crazy six meals a day. 
And then, surprise, surprise, it was followed by a trend of intermittent fasting because it was like, oh my God, guess what? If you give your digestive system a break and you don't eat constantly, there are some benefits to that. So then everyone was like, we have to not eat for long periods of time. I mean, come on, people. It's common sense and balance. But hey, it's good that it's good to know the benefits of both. So personally, I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. And again, this is, this is for me, my body. Um, I might recommend something different for you who's listening. Um, but intermittent fasting means leaving large gaps between meals. And there are different variations of it. So the one I do is... Um, you know, like eight hours on, 16 hours off. So I have, you know, about three meals, two to three meals in a six to eight hour window in the day. And then the rest of the day, I only have, you know, herbal teas or water. Another way of doing intermittent fasting is to actually fast for a day, you know, to eat one day and then the next day, either have a very tiny amount of calories or to fast completely a couple days a week. So there are many ways to do it, but the basic, the basic idea behind it is to give yourself longer periods of time when you're not digesting food. And there are a lot of benefits to this. Digestion requires a lot of energy. And so when your body's not digesting, it can use that energy for other things such as healing, building, like building muscles or improving neuronal networks to help you get faster, to help you get stronger, um, and rejuvenating, which is basically natural, natural anti-aging, your, you know, cell turnover, (laughs) the, the kind of maintenance work that your body does just like in a building that they have to do every so often to keep it seeming like it's new. Um, and so, it is important to give your digestive system a break. And honestly, even if you do better with smaller frequent meals, I suggest once a week giving yourself like say half a day when you don't eat just to give your digestive system that break. But really what it comes down to is you need to experiment and see what works best for you. Do you tend to binge if you do an intermittent fasting method. Maybe you just get so hungry that then during the time you're allowed to eat, you eat everything. Well, then this isn't really going to work for you. Um, But maybe that time when you're not eating helps your body to clear out some inflammation and bloating and you feel so much better uh, that you don't really have as much of an appetite. I mean, that's what I find happens with me. Um, Even, you know, during PMS, I go longer periods of time. Um, I'll increase my caloric intake, but put it in an even smaller window to kind of give my body the nutrients it needs while it's doing all of these functions associated with getting ready for menstruation. But I'll also give it much more of a, a break because it's using a lot of energy. I don't know. I can't, I couldn't tell you exactly why it works, but I've found that according to to tradition, this is one method that can work. And for me personally, it absolutely does work. Um, And yeah, so the only thing you can do is to experiment and see how you feel and see what works for you. Um, Another benefit of doing the alternate days intermittent fasting, where you have some days where you have much less calories than other days, um, or carb cycling where the nutrient content of your food will change where one day you'll have, you know, extra calories from carbs compared to another day. So those are methods 
those alternating methods can be especially effective for breaking through plateaus. And so if you find, um, and especially this will happen, you'll have plateaus periodically, um, but especially when you're at that point where you're really close to where you want to be and it's hard to sort of drop your caloric intake much more or work out very much more. You're like almost there and you're kind of fine tuning. I find that this can really help to jumpstart the process again and get you where you need to go. Um, so that can be an extra benefit of intermittent fasting. So when should you eat? When you're when you're hungry, physically hungry, not emotionally hungry, um, you should eat at the times that will help prevent you from overeating or undereating. And how many meals a day do you need? The amount of meals you need in order to eat the right amount of healthy foods. <laughs> uh, that's really, it's really that simple. It's so simple. All these things that make it more complicated are just I mean, I don't want to say misinformation because a lot of times it's given with the best intentions, but it's, it's confusing. Um, you can eliminate all of that noise. Okay. So you're eating the right amount of healthy foods. And in order to support that goal, you figured out uh, a schedule for eating that works for you. Now you want to make sure you're having the amount of water that will keep you optimally hydrated. Again, basic hydration goes right up there with number one, but optimal hydration, you know, and they're like, oh, just, you know, drink this many ounces of water and you'll lose weight. Well, mostly that happens for two reasons. One, if your stomach is more full, you can't eat as much. And two, when you're mildly dehydrated, you're brain sends hunger signals because many foods are a source of water. Like for example, fruit, if you eat some fruit or vegetables, they're full of juice and you can be, you can get hydrated that way if there's no water around. And so that's why being optimally hydrated, it can help with your efforts, but it's also really good for your health, right? You want your cells to function optimally. You don't want any of the symptoms that can come with mild heat dehydration, such as headaches. And, you know, it can make your skin nicer, all of that stuff. So go for it. Definitely drink plenty of water. Now, how much water should you eat? Should you drink? I'm not going to give you a number. First of all, if you're having, like I suggest, about 50% of your diet as fresh fruits, and non-starchy vegetables, you're going to be getting a lot of hydration from the foods you're eating. And, you know, depending on the amount of hydration you're getting from food, that'll affect the number of ounces you need from water, along with activity levels and <laughs> your lifestyle, whether you live in an arid or a humid climate. So I'm not going to tell you a number. I'm going to tell you something much simpler. This is all you need to do. Look at your urine. So simple. It should be pale yellow or straw colored. If it's clear, it's you, you're overhydrating yourself. You're having more than you need. If it's a bright yellow or a dark yellow or even a brown, then you are dehydrated and you should go drink a couple tall glasses of water right now. Don't overthink it. <laughs> All right. And then the last thing that can help is to eat the right combinations at each meal. So again, um, I don't want you, if you've already, let's say, 
gone to a social event, had a bunch of meats and a whole bunch of, you know, starchy, like, you know, mashed potatoes and hearty, hearty foods. I don't want you to think that, oh, well, now I'm going home for dinner and I have to make sure I have my source of protein. And it's no, 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 no. Look at your entire day as a whole. But when everything goes well, it's best if you can split up what you're eating to have the right combinations at each meal. It can help you to feel more satisfied and it can help to release nutrients into your bloodstream when they're needed. Um, You don't even have to stress that too much, by the way, like your body, like even if you're not constantly eating glucose, it'll form glucose from fat or (laughs) it'll form glucose from proteins that are in your blood. Like your body can manage. That's why this really isn't that important but it's still helpful. Okay. So this is something that you do when you already have everything else, right? Protein and fat increase satiety. And that's helpful because if you feel satisfied, you don't want to eat too much. And again, there are some people trying to gain weight, but most people in Western society have the opposite problem and they're trying not to gain weight or to lose weight. So having that protein and fat at each meal can help you. Whereas if you have something that is starchy or sugary, you can end up with a sugar crash that makes you want to overeat, okay? So when you sit down to have a meal or a snack, having a source of protein and fat doesn't have to be an animal source of protein. There are plant sources of protein too. Um, Be mindful of whether those plant sources have a lot of fat or starches because you're going to use them differently. Um, But that's a whole other topic, right? Like a nut, it's not the same as getting protein from lean chicken, is not the same as getting protein from a bean. But um, anyway... Protein and fat at your meals, um, having a good, easy to digest form of protein with breakfast. Again, whether that breakfast is as soon as you wake up or a few hours later, doesn't matter. Have a good source of protein. I love to have eggs or egg whites with breakfast every single day. And I actually have that first and then have the rest of my breakfast a little bit after that. And that I find is really helpful for me. You don't necessarily have to do that and won't necessarily work for you, but some sort of some sort of protein in the morning. Also, protein, fiber, and fat slow the absorption of carbs and helps to make sure you're not having too much glucose released into your bloodstream at the same time. So basically it helps to stabilize your blood sugar levels throughout the day and to keep your energy consistent so you don't have crashes. This is helpful for having good energy throughout the day. Um, it's helpful for not overeating due to its due to a sugar crash. And it's also helpful for anybody who's at risk for diabetes or who has, who's pre-diabetic or has diabetes. Another thing to consider is um, making sure you're getting all of the essential amino acids throughout the day and making sure if if a nutrient deficiency is an issue for you, that you are having those nutrients in combinations with what is needed to absorb them. Um, So with the essential proteins, you don't have to have them at every single meal, but throughout the day, you'd want to make sure if you're having a mostly vegetarian diet, 
that you are having a combination of whole grains and legumes, nuts, seeds, a bunch of sources of protein that give you different amino acids. Having them together can be helpful, but you don't necessarily have to. Um, if you, let's say, are struggling with bone density and you want to make sure you're getting the nutrients you need to increase that, you wouldn't just want to take a calcium supplement. That's not very effective. You'd want to make sure you're having a source of calcium with a source of magnesium, with some vitamin K. And again, whether you're supplementing or having it with food, this is where food combining can get helpful when you're getting into those nitty gritty things, okay? So food combining in and of itself isn't going to give you your major before and after pictures, your major transformation where you're struggling going up the stairs in one and then you're all of a sudden running a marathon. That's not what's going to do it. But it's really helpful for fine tuning when you're almost there, when you, when you see the little problems that you're still having after you've done everything else, right? This is where you can push it over the edge for your body without having to dip into, um, you know, artificial means of helping yourself. So let's review. This is part two of how to eat for your individual body. In part one, we went really deep into your top priority, which is to eat the right amounts of healthy food. Now, there are some other priorities that can help you to support that top priority and also provide some additional benefits. Eating at the right times can be very helpful, um, and it depends on you. You should eat at the times that help you to eat the right amount of healthy foods. Besides that, you should eat in a pattern that helps you to have consistent energy throughout the day and that makes you feel good, which for some people, and for some people means intermittent fasting or even just three meals a day with some larger gaps in between those meals to give their digestive system a break. You should drink plenty of water and there's no need to measure, no need for fancy equations. All you have to do is look at your urine and if it is either clear, you need to drink less. If it is bright yellow or darker, you need to drink more water. And then when you are doing all of that correctly, if you notice any issues, it can help to fine tune your diet by eating the right combinations at each meal to make sure you have nutrients being released evenly throughout the day and also to make sure that you are combining nutrients that tend to increase the absorption of what your body needs. If you keep that framework in your mind, you will avoid trying things that don't work or putting all your energy into techniques that only get a small amount of results while accidentally ignoring the factors that are going to give you the bulk of your results. So I really hope this has helped you to prioritize. I hope it's given you a really great starting point for reframing your own nutrition plan. And I'd really love to hear how you're doing and what questions you have left after listening to these two episodes on nutrition. If there is anything I missed, please let me know and I will address it in a future episode. If there's whatever you want me to dig into deeper, please let me know. So leave a comment. Find me on social media at SuperBusyMommyCoach. Um, that's on Facebook. That's on Instagram. And you can also get me at SuperBusyMommyCoach.com. You can find out more about if you want to work with me. I offer one-on-one -on -one and group programs for transformations geared towards specifically towards busy moms 
Okay. So it's for people who are constantly interrupted, have unpredictable schedules and can't necessarily schedule an actual session or webinar or call. Um, find out about that. But mostly if you're listening, leave a rating, leave a review and get in touch with me. Send me an actual message. I respond personally to those messages. Let me know what is helping you and what you want more information about so that I can provide the best, most helpful content possible to help you reach your goals. I look forward to having you back here next time on Badass Moms, where we are stopped by nothing. Brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. Have a good night. You've been listening to Badass Moms. Join us again and get your badass on.
You've been listening to Badass Moms. Join us again and get your badass on.